Welcome to the ESG Matters podcast. My name is Amat Gomis, and I am your host. Today, we have Dr. Matthew Trowbridge, Chief Medical Officer at the International Well-Building Institute. The International Well-Building Institute works to advance a global culture of health through better buildings, more vibrant communities, and stronger organizations to the benefit of everyone, everywhere. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Trowbridge. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be here. Great. So to start things off, how did a doctor and public health expert get involved in sustainability? Yep, it's a fair question, and it's one I've been asked um, my entire career. How did I get into sustainability? I guess the, the best way to answer that is to actually just chart the kind of how my career progressed. I mean, obviously, as a physician, you know, my core mission is to try to improve the health and well-being of as many people as possible over the course of my career, um, with a particular focus on those that are most vulnerable. And like like all of public health, over the last 20 years or so, what research in public health has shown just conclusively is that we the best way to make progress on improving population health is to focus on what we call the social and environmental determinants of health. And there's some, you know, kind of staggering kind of data to support this. I mean, basically when we uh, as a field, look at what drives health outcomes in a serious way. What we find is that only about 20% of health outcomes are actually driven by variants in the quality of medical care. I like the, the kind of, you know, taking care of phys a physician, you know, sorry, the way that I take a care of a patient in my office. It's all the rest, 80% is driven by that idea of environmental and social determinants of health. So all the things in our life that kind of determine the types of behaviors we adopt on a daily basis, the kind of opportunities we have, and so forth. And so one of the most compelling uh, parts of that is actually the built environment. And this is why it's not just me. Public health writ large has really focused in on the built environment is a really key public health opportunity because it's A, really important. You know, where you live has such a huge impact on, let's just say, getting the recommendation to walk more and, and be healthy in that way. Well, it's really hard to adopt that behavior on a regular basis if your environment isn't walkable, you know, whether that's through the kind of street connectivity or access to sidewalks or whatever it is, or it can also come up with like, you know, access to food or things like that. And so the built environment is important. It's also really critical because you can actually shift the built environment more readily than you can some of the other issues. So I was fortunate to kind of jump in on the built environment research work very early in my career. And I quickly became really fascinated with, um, once it became clear how important a built environment is, I wanted to do something about it. And that's when I became obsessed with kind of like, how would you make consideration of health and well-being in the built environment a normative practice as you know within global real estate and i was quickly you know kind of came to the conclusion that probably was we were going to need some partners like public health wasn't going to be able to do that by themselves and so i started looking around and that's when i actually became more and more aware of the global green building movement because i realized standing back from it you know what was i trying to do I, we in public health we desperately wanted to change the built environment at scale like we wanted to make a market essentially for health and well-being in the global real estate market 
And we just realized, you know, my collaborators and I, that green building and sustainability have pulled that off. You know, over its 20 plus year history, green building and sustainability have created a market. And I realized, gosh, I need to learn more about that. So that's how I started my research looking into it. And that has led to a series of amazing collaborations. And now, you know, we're at this exciting moment where what has gone from kind of an early stage idea, I think the fact that you're inviting me here and that health and well-being is becoming more and more mainstream, you know, I think it's the time now for um, health and well-being, which has always probably, I think, been a value of sustainability. It's now time to take that and really, really get serious about it. So I hope that answers the question, but it's uh, honestly, it's because I'm a physician trying to you know, do as much for the world as I can from health. And I have to work with sustainability and global markets to get that done. And what was the draw for you to use your skill set to work at IWBI, specifically their Investing for Health program? Absolutely. Yeah, it's such an exciting time to be able to join IWBI right now. Over the past several years, you know, prior to uh, joining IWBI as their chief medical officer about a year ago, IWBI has been building uh, their kind of, you know, their kind of cornerstone certification rating system, the well building standard. And what's exciting is that well has now just become the global leading standard with that regard. You know, we're in a truly a global standard used in over a hundred countries. Uh, we have this growing uh, group of uh, practitioners, uh, well APs that are specifically trained in well. And, you know, we're getting over 20,000 of those uh, folks positioned around the world. So essentially, if you think about, <laughs> you know, what I tried, been trying to set out to do with my, with my career, IWI has built this amazing platform where we have a global standard, we have a global community. And now it's time, I think, to really get serious about, um, you know, continuing our work at that building scale, but also starting to define leadership at an organizational scale and an ESG scale. And that's really the idea of the Investing for Health program for which uh, I was brought in to also uh, be the executive of record for that. So we're, we're trying to do that, you know, leverage this uh, global community that we've created at IWBI and now, you know, make sure that we help companies, organizations, practitioners take that same mission that is reflected in well and now bring it up to an organization and uh, ESG investor level scale. Often, institutions are struggling with concepts that seemingly don't have a financial return in the strictest sense. Social issues, the S and ESG, and topics like health and well-being can fall into this category. What's your take on this, and what's the argument for why health and well-being should be part of a company's ESG strategy? Yeah, these are a great point, and there's several ways I like to think about this. One, uh, I truly believe we are moving into an era um, where companies need to address the bottom line and even the triple line, you know, the triple bottom line, you know, social impact, not just their pure financial profit or loss. I just think that that is quickly becoming um, an expectation, you know, by customers, by stakeholders, and so forth. And then two, I think, so just right off the bat, you know, I think it's kind of a false narrative that the only way you can prove ROI or are being going to be expected to prove ROI is on a pure financial profit thing. On the other hand, obviously, I think it's also important that you, when you're asked to do something like, what is the ROI or something? You know, it's important to be clear about the time horizon for that investment. I think, you know, one challenge about 
uh, traditional health outcomes is that they can take a while to have an effect, particularly at that system level. You know, something like taking on childhood obesity or something. The built environment is key to it, but the the time frame for seeing those impacts is going to be longer scale. So I think it's a little bit it's 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 unfair to also be like calculating ROI on things that are just getting started in terms of how they're working. You know, for example, again, I'm a student of the climate change, you know, kind of kind of uh, mission. I mean, if you think about it, in the early days of climate change advocacy, you know, the financial return on companies investing in environmental su- sustainability weren't as clear. It's really now that we see the longer term payoffs as customers, regulators, governments really reward businesses that made those investments. And in fact, actually are now starting to actively be against uh, companies that maybe weren't, didn't make those investments early on. So, and I guess I might wrap that all up to kind of say it's, I think it's key to remember that we're at a very early stage of market development for health and well-being, And, but we are following a very predictable progress of market development. I mean, I think, again, looking back at the green building movement, I think we can clearly see us moving out of that kind of like fumbling around only, you know, kind of directionally correct kind of way of thinking about making progress. And we're starting to really start to get serious about, you know, bringing transparency to these issues, starting to define some best practices and having groups like IWBI emerge that can actually also recognize leaderships. And those are the key aspects you need for a market. So I think we're, um, we're on the cusp of it you know, not only being a good thing to do, but a really smart thing to do too. Are there any developing trends that people in the ESG space should be made aware of? Absolutely. I would say the key trend that we are watching at IWBI uh, with regard to the role of health and well-being in ESG are simply the efforts to regulate corporate disclosure on human and social capital around the world. In Asia, obviously, ESG disclosure has been required for several years, and we're seeing some of the most kind of like forward-thinking, innovative work coming out of Asia with regard to things like including well in use of proceeds as part of uh, you know sustainability-linked finance and so forth, or you know kind of green bonds, but adding in social objectives as well. Uh, and then in the EU. I think initiatives like the social taxonomy uh, that mirrors the EU's environmental taxonomy, which has obviously had a huge impact. You know, the social taxonomy is in becoming increasingly formalized with their re- report move- quickly moving through draft and into some final stages. And so I think there's, you know, that market is obviously going to start offering access to capital if companies can demonstrate their social benefit within the EU. And then obviously here in the US, Gary Gensler at the SEC has been highlighting very strongly and uh, you know saying out loud the intention to require human and social capital disclosure in the near term. So basically I think the key trend is just it's companies are really going to have to have a clear story to tell about their social performance and their competencies around human and social capital and I think this is going to quickly go from like kind of a, an emergent leadership opportunity to a required competency very quickly. What can and should our listeners and the companies that they represent do to advance their ESG practice along the lines of health and well-being? Yeah, obviously this is new. And so it's going to take a little bit of time for everyone to become comfortable with it. And so, yeah, it can be a little daunting on just think about like, well, how do you get started? And the biggest recommendation I can make is think of really to embrace the idea that these are competencies that companies are going to need to kind of define and develop over time. 
And, you know, I think one of the key things that I would recommend is splitting up that effort of developing those competencies around health and well-being into what I would kind of call your internal scope. And then obviously with the ultimate goal of, of getting better and better at how you exert that, that competence externally through your products and services. So for example, internally, you know, I think the best thing to do to get started is just really make sure that your own company and organization is asking itself really just simple, good, clear questions. You know, what are our health and well-being, diversity, equity, inclusion policies? Do we know where our own investments are going, you know, in terms of our own kind of employee policies and so forth, but also even perhaps just where our own company is invested in? Are, are we happy with that from a, you know, are, are we doing the best we could with our own resources? I think it's key and, and even just kind of coming more versed in issues like well-being, which is a, that sounds like a small nuanced word to be different than health, but it's really different way of thinking, you know, health and the way I was trained is, you know, health is a lot about like what I take care of as a doctor, you know, like, you know, people are born with differing degrees of, of health uh, opportunity just based on your genetics sometimes, whereas well-being is a kind of a technical term in public health that it really refers to this idea that um, no matter what your health or, or economic status was when you were born, well-being is that is idea that is a person living up to their absolute full kind of opportunity? Are they ma maximizing their health? Are they, are they getting the maximum enjoyment out of, of everything in their lives? Are they having the most opportunities that they should? Balancing those two things, you know, thinking about things you can do for health internally, but then moving and getting better and better and pushing yourself to think about what would our well-being strategies be both internally and then ultimately, obviously, what are our opportunities to really exert that those competencies out into the world, which is where I, I really do think there's a op huge opportunity for leadership around these issues through products, services, and kind of brand reputation overall. Well, thank you, Dr. Trowbridge. Uh, thank you for being a guest on the ESG Matters podcast. Thank you for being for providing such informative intake into what's happening in the field of health and well-being. And I would implore everyone who is interested in this to go to IWBI to learn more about their offerings and services. And once again, thank you so much for being a guest on the ESG Matters podcast. I really, really appreciate the opportunity to be with you and, and to talk to your audience. Thank you so much. We're, I really think we're poised to, to really have an exciting era of taking on health and well-being together. So I'm looking forward to working with everyone. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the ESG Matters podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe to the ESG Matters podcast on your choice of podcast platforms. This podcast is brought to you by Amat Gumis and theme music by Dexter Thomas. Thank you.